Welcome to Infused Church Online and the final part of our series, Uncomfortable. Today, I'll be sitting down with a couple people from Infused to talk to them about moving through the uncomfortable and the blessings and the relationships that it's built in their life. So I hope you'll stick around. All right, well, uh, today we're going to wrap up our four-part series called Uncomfortable, which if you're, uh, if you're just joining us for this series, essentially the point has been that there are uncomfortable moments in our lives, in our relationships, really just a matter of going through life kind of just means there's going to be uh, moments of discomfort, relationships of discomfort, or even seasons or years where there's a little bit of discomfort that kind of defines uh, a connection or relationship that you have. Now, certainly, I, I've said this every Sunday, I acknowledge that there's going to be moments of uncomfortability that you um, have in your relationships that you need to, like, avoid and you need to walk away from because they are not good. But there are also moments of uncomfortability that I think we avoid that we probably shouldn't have. There's moments of uncomfortability that are going to require more time and investment and energy to move through, but if we can move through them, if we can engage with them, we will grow. And so what I want to do real quick is review quickly where we have been, and if you missed a week, you can always go back and watch on our uh, app, or you can go to our website under messages and, and catch up there. But in the first couple weeks, we talked about this point, essentially, that engaging, engaging with the uncomfortable can grow our relationships. That engaging with the uncomfortable can grow our relationships. We've all remember that first time we walked into our new job, right? And it was uncomfortable because we didn't know anybody. We didn't know how this was going to go. We had hopes. We had expectations, but nobody really knew, right? Or maybe if you're in that stage of life where your kids are bringing home their boyfriend or girlfriend and, and you're kind of looking at them like, who are you? And it's uncomfortable. And who's this other man in my daughter's life? Or who's this other woman in my son's life? And it's a little bit frustrating and a little bit uncomfortable. And you have an opportunity. Are you going to share and be vulnerable and grow through that? Or are you going to shut down and move away from that? And I think there's a lot of times when we avoid and we really should instead engage. And then last week, we talked about um, that when we do grow, we learn something really important. We learn that life is better together because you can do more together than you can alone. It just makes sense, right? You can climb really tall mountains like Mount Everest together, but you wouldn't ever do something like that alone. And so the same is true for some of the most important parts of our lives, like our marriages, or parenting. I mean, imagine if once a week, every week, you get together with a group that helps you work through any marriage issues you have, or helps you to have a better marriage, and you have that honest transparency and vulnerability with them. Do you, don't you think that if you would take that time every single week to invest in that way with your marriage, with other couples who could help and pour in and pray for you, that your marriage would be better? You'd you kind of hope so, wouldn't you? That, that if you're a leader, maybe you're a manager or something in an organization, that if you led or you lead other people, that you would probably lead better if once a week you got together with a group of other leaders and you learned to lead better with those people. Because life is better together because when we have challenges, they're a little bit more surmountable. They're a little bit more attainable. They're a little bit easier to get through. And then when we have good moments and, and moments where we want to celebrate, they're also better because we have people who we care about and build relationships with that we can celebrate with. 
And so we ended last week, and I essentially said my point to all of this is to try to get you, I mean, just being honest, try to get you to consider joining a group this fall. And by this fall, I mean really a week and a half, that you would consider joining a group in a week and a half. Now today, we're going to get really specific. And we're going to get specific in the context of church and how sometimes I think that we see church. Because a lot of times we see church as we come in, we drop our kids off, we get some delicious coffee, and we sit down. And you sit in a very interesting way. You sit in rows. And rows are really great for me because you all have to look at me because that's where your chairs are facing. And rows are really great for me to make a livelihood off of, per se, because I am the pastor and I preach, and I really enjoy it. I enjoy helping you and giving you uh, tips and helping you understand the Bible and all that great stuff. I I truly do appreciate and, and, and enjoy that part and are honored to serve you in that way. But there is something better than rows, and that is circles. And here's what I want to get at today, and here's what you're going to hear today, is circles are better than rows. Circles are better than rows. And you're going to hear a story of simply something that is uncomfortable. And you're going to hear a story of how people made decisions to move towards circles. Move towards circles. And how as they moved towards circles and then they had existing circles, it helped them to navigate something that is simply just uncomfortable. And maybe uncomfortable is too not strong enough of a word. And, and so I hope that you will hear today, um, not from me, because I realize sometimes we get into that mode of like, well, of course the pastor's going to say that, okay, because that's what the pastor says and that's what the pastor's supposed to do. So I want you to hear from other people how this works, because I get to see it a lot, and I come up here and I share it once in a while. I'll say, hey, you know, I heard this great story, and you shared with me, and it was a really powerful moment, but of course the pastor's going to say that. So I just want you to hear it from the source that maybe as you go through your weeks, you know that the church this community of people and the circles that you begin to create as a church are benefiting people and are growing people and are building relationships that are really meaningful and important. And so that's what I, uh, what I hope you hear today. So what I'm going to do next is um, I'm going to invite uh, Joe and Caitlin and Taylor and Logan to come up here onto the stage. So they're going to hop up here as I keep talking to give them a second to, to, to get their microphones and all that kind of stuff. Um, And they're going to share an experience, um, and I think it's just a really, like, true-to-life experience um, because uh, the the great thing about circles is they, like I said, help us get through situations better, um, but also they're not always there to solve problems. Sometimes they solve problems, don't get me wrong, but other times problems are just too much out of our hands. And so in those moments, circles can help us navigate those better. And that's what you're going to hear uh, a little bit this morning. And so um, I'm going to introduce them. And some of you know who they are um, because they're pretty active around here. Um, so on the couch over there, you have um, Joe and Caitlin. Uh, and then to my right uh, in the chairs, you have uh, Logan and Taylor. Um, this is Taylor, not to be confused with this Taylor. This is a different Taylor. But anyways, um, so yes. Yes, two tailors. Um, so uh, r- really quick, um, Joe and Caitlin have been attending Infuse uh, for about three years now. 
um, Taylor and Logan for about a year and a half. Um, and uh, you may know them uh, because, like I said, they're pretty involved in things. Um, Joe, by day, is a banker, um, and on Sundays, uh, he does setup and tear down and greeting and that kind of stuff for us, uh, and then Caitlin is, by day, a speech therapist, um, uh, but on Sundays, uh, she is the director of our kids' ministry and also heading up our groups this fall, which I super appreciate, and, um, and Logan, um, by day, is a manager at Procter & Gamble, uh, and on Sundays, he is is the coordinator of our middle school ministry, and then Taylor, um, by training at least, um, and you'll kind of understand why it's not an active um, thing for her right now, uh, is a teacher, um, and then at Infuse, she helps us with events and um, tech stuff as a teacher, so she's had to learn a lot um, (laughs) in, in those roles, which we really appreciate. Um, so, uh, I, again, I just want to be um, cognizant that we all have our own stories, and I realize this may touch on some of your own stories of, of loss and difficulty, um, and we're not here to—the the goal of this um, is not to make you feel bad, um, though there are those sad moments, certainly in this story. Um, the, really, the goal is to help is to help you to see, um, not through my words, but through theirs, um, how people, um, when they choose to be in relationships, choose to be in circles, um, that life, life is really better together. So um, with that, I'm going to pull up my, co- my, my notes, my questions. Um, and uh, so kind of in this timeline, we're going to follow a timeline through the story starting at the beginning of the year. And so what I'm going to invite Caitlin to do is just to start off by sharing with you all um, and, uh, a little bit about um, where your relationship, the four of you, were um, as this year, 2019, kind of began. And we'll go from there. Yeah, so um, like you said, Taylor and Logan have been coming for like a year and a half. And when they started coming, I think Joe and I were like naturally attracted to them um, as friends because we were in similar stages of life, similar ages. Um, and so then Taylor was serving in kids, Logan was serving in middle school, and so for me on Sundays, I got to spend a lot of time with both of them, being down in the kids' ministry area. Um, and then we also found out we live in the same neighborhood, so we literally live like less than a block from each other. <laughs> so that's kind of where our relationship began. We would see each other outside of Sundays, but um, most of that was like other service events for Infuse. Um, and then we were, yeah. So we were starting to develop a relationship in that way. Great. And, and so at the beginning of the year, um, uh, there was a lot of exciting news going on, um, but we'll start with Taylor and Logan. Um, what was, what was how, how'd the year begin for, for you guys? Yeah, so early on in January, Logan and I found out that we were expecting our first child. Um, we were super excited. We've known for as long as we can remember that Um, We wanted to have a family, and we wanted to have a big family at that, and lots of kids running around. Um, We told our our family early on, but um, we were kind of closed off with telling other people till that 12-week mark. So, so you found out you're pregnant, and um, kind of yep, keeping it a secret um, because obviously, as as some of you know, kind of 12 weeks is the is the mark in which. kind of your, your chance of losing a child kind of goes down. And, um, and then one Sunday, um, you had to talk to Caitlin about something. And can you share a little bit about what that looked like? Yeah. So it was at a kid's prep party. Um, I knew that Caitlin, as the kid's director, was starting to schedule um, her volunteers a little further out. 
So I wanted to talk to her and let her know, hey, you know, later in the year, I don't want to be on the schedule quite so much. I want to wait and see how I'm feeling, how I'm doing, um, in order to uh, make sure that I'm not uncomfortable during pregnancy. And we sat down and I told her, hey, you know, I'm pregnant. I'm still really early. We're not really telling people, but could you hold off on scheduling me? And that was the time in which we learned that Joe and Caitlin were also expecting their first child. Um, and coincidentally, we had the same exact due date. Which was? Which was September 7th, yes. Same exact due date. Um, so, okay, so how do you guys feel about that? Like, what are the odds? <laughs> like, two people who live so close to each other. Very closer. Uh, who live so close to each other having the exact same due date, just kind of godsend, you know. Yeah, it was really exciting, um, especially, I think, for me to have someone to share that with. We were both expecting for the first time, so you kind of don't know what you're getting yourself into. Um, and so we got to, like, share opinions on things, like, you know, what stroller are you looking at? What are you going to register for? Um, you know, what have you read about this? How are you feeling? So there was a lot of, like, shared um, things that we could bond over. It was, it was really cool because they have their mailbox right outside of my garage where I look out and it's kind of cool to both know each other's secret and be like, hey, what's up? And know that. Yeah, yeah you had something to share, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think the cool thing that probably all of us can relate to is like, um, you know, as, as you build friendships and stuff, it, it's like, um, wow, that's such a coincidental thing as you said, Joe, and then it's like, hey, this, this relationship could really deepen because we have this thing that's in common that's, that's so unique and we get to go through this part of our lives together uh, and we live right next to each other and that, that's a really great thing. Um, and, and so how cool is that? And you kind of get excited about that new re relationship and, and, and where it's going to go. Um, and so you, you guys were really excited. As you said, you were planning a lot. And so one of the things you guys decided was to not go back to teaching in the fall because mm -hmm. this, I mean, so this is, this is a big deal. Yeah, we have known that when we had a baby, I wanted to stay home. Um, so we waited to try to have a family until I got to a point where my license was um, ready to go. I kept teaching for two years, which is what you need. Um, and then after that, we wanted to have a baby. So I quit my job, and I was ready to stay home. Yeah, ready to, ready to have this baby. Um, so that was, um, and what, what time was This was March, was it? February, okay, and so February, y'all excited, you're sh sharing the secret, um, and so fast forward a couple months of, of going through this together, and um, Logan, I mean, could you share kind of what, what happened in April? Yep, so April was a very exciting, very eventful month for us. One of the things happens at 19 weeks, we had an anatomy scan and found out we were having a baby boy, which we were super excited about. We we're gonna share that through a gender reveal party with our parents and our family, and we talked a lot with Joe and Caitlin about it because they were not finding out the gender of their baby. So we're comparing symptoms like, oh, maybe you were having a boy too because we had the same symptoms. So that was just um, fun to have those conversations together. But through that anatomy scan, we also found out um, that our baby was going to have a minor birth defect. It was bilateral club foot, which means that the feet turn inward and downward a little bit, which make walking very challenging. It's very correctable through um, casting and braces and other things. But as new parents or future new parents, we were doing all the research we could. We were very nervous. We were very um, leaning on our families for support and kind of seeing, 
hey, what can we do to make sure that we are as most equipped for this as possible? Um, and through that, we kind of grew together, obviously, through our relationship. Um, but then when we went home for our gender reveal party, um, it was just all excitement. So we had a big balloon pop, blue went everywhere, all over my hair, all over the yard. Um, but it was a lot of fun. So that was at like week 20 or so. Um, and then at week 22 um, was kind of when it started to, I guess, unravel for us. Uh, the morning of April 30th, um, Taylor woke up feeling not very good at all. She was a little bit nauseous, um, had some cramping, had some contractions, um, which we were obviously concerned about, but we didn't know what extent we should be concerned. Um, so going through the day, we obviously maintained close contact, contacting with other friends, other family who'd been through similar scenarios. And then that evening, um, it got to a point where we had to call the hospital because Taylor was not able to keep any food down at all, extremely nauseous. Um, and so after that conversation with the hospital, um, it was determined that, hey, maybe you're a teacher, maybe you could have got a bug, you could have a stomach flu. So let's just keep an eye on it. You could have been Braxton and Hicks for the contractions. Let's keep an eye on it. If you're still not feeling well in the morning, come in, get an IV for the fluids. We want to make sure you're not dehydrated. So that eased our minds a little bit, um, but just kind of, we kind of knew that something wasn't right. And so 40 minutes later is when our lives changed forever. Um, Taylor delivered our baby um, at our home, just us two. And we had no idea, there's no way you could plan for that, no way we could expect that. And within, within 10 minutes we had, I don't know, 10, 12 emergency first responders in our house, um, but we already knew that our son was not gonna make it. And so that's very challenging. There's two options. Um, we went through both of them, in ex extreme sadness, um, but then just leaning into each other because there's no way that we were gonna be able to make it through it alone. Um, so all we had at that point was each other and it was kind of a lonely feeling, um, but something that over the next few days, which we'll talk about, changed a little bit. Um, so we went to the hospital and when you lose a baby at 22 weeks, um, it's hard because there is a possibility that a baby that age could make it, but we were not in the scenario that that happened. So you don't go to the hospital and expect to not come home with your baby. You don't go to the hospital and expect to fill out a death certificate. And you don't go to the hospital expecting to answer questions like, which funeral home would you like to go to? And so all those were the hardest questions that we've ever had to answer, and a lot of them we didn't have answers for. And so the next couple days were a little bit of a whirlwind, but the main thing was is that we had a very strong support system with our family. They were there, we called them at 2 a.m. and they knew exactly something was wrong the moment I, that my mom answered the phone, the moment that your mom answered the phone, um, and they are both there at like 7 a.m. the next morning. So it was very, um, it was a blessing to have them in our lives and to have them so close by that they could help support us through it, um, but it definitely didn't make any of the next couple days uh, any easier. Um, so that happened on a Tuesday night, 22 weeks, April 30th. Um, Wednesday morning, uh, we went to the funeral home and were able to see our son um, for the last time. Um, he was cremated after that, and it was, the, it was a chance for our parents to see their only grandson, their first grandson, and Taylor's only grandson on that side for the first and only time. And so it was something that you'll never be able to prepare for no matter what's going on. And so it was quickly like, how do we, how do we grow from this? How do we get through this? How do we, I don't know, it was tough. But throughout that process, one of the people we reached out to was Pastor Taylor, and we just wanted a, a prayer request on the wall because we were at a time where we had each other, um, but we knew that we needed a little bit more than that. So we had a prayer request put up on the wall, um, overwhelming amount of support um, from Taylor, from Joe and Caitlin, 
from the church and our friends. Um, and that's really kind of what helped us grow from the situation and helped us, our relationship grow. Because one of the things the funeral director told us was when young parents lose a family or lose a child, two things happen. They either grow together or their marriage ends up not being very successful and ends up in a divorce. So that's really scary to hear. You, you lose your son and then they're like, by the way, you might also want to focus on your relationship because that's going to be challenging too. Um, so that was really a challenging experience for us. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the story in a nutshell, I guess. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Um, what, uh, what, what was, what, why, real quick, like, why, why send a message? Uh, why text me? Why, why involve all of them? Um, because you didn't have to send a prayer request. You didn't have to put, if you don't know, we have a wall out there and you can put prayer requests up. I mean, you didn't have to do that. Um, so why, why, was that your, why was that your step? Uh, I guess two different reasons. Um, we were very public about it. Everyone knew that we were expecting our family, our friends knew, and facing those conversations are always difficult. So we thought, hey, that's one way that we can let our community know and we can get support from them. Um, but then truthfully, it was just we could use any support possible. And so all the prayer requests that came on the wall, I think we had like 12 or 15 different dots on our little prayer request thing, and that's in a box in our nursery right now. We just needed the support, and we knew that this was a great community to help be able to provide that. Yeah, so you took the prayer request now when we took it down and you put it in your box. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so, so Caitlin and Joe, this is, um, this is uncomfortable to say uh, the very least, um, because as soon as I got the text, um, obviously I, I responded, um, and then I called you guys because I just wanted to give you a heads up <laughs> and some time to process through um, what that looked like, because your friends, your neighbors, the people who shared your same due date uh, have lost uh, their child, and you have not lost yours. So um, how, how'd that look for you guys? Um, we were definitely at a loss for words. Um, you just, like, just like you guys weren't prepared for that. I mean, nobody's prepared for that. So you just don't know what to do. Um, I think we, we didn't know what to do. And it was super uncomfortable because we didn't know if we should reach out or what the right thing to say is. Um, so we definitely took some time to process that. And then um, we sent a card because we wanted um, them to know that we were thinking of them um, and send words of encouragement and obviously just pray too because that's really all you can do. Um, and then, yeah, we kind of just waited to have more face-to-face -face conversations when that time came, but definitely just at a loss. Yeah, and, and kind of talked about um, when, when we talked earlier about this, um, just some of the parallels between your, uh, because if, if you guys have been a part of Infuse for a while, um, I think it was, was it this past Christmas? Um, we, we had Caitlin sit down and record a video of her losing her, her father right after Christmas, um, very unexpectedly. Um, so kind of, I mean, what, what's kind of going through your mind? Because I know that you kind of leaned on that experience to help you navigate this one a little bit. Yeah, so I kind of shared that, you know, losing someone um, kind of prepared me for how to help other people process loss a little bit. So I knew that I wanted to send a card because when I got cards, I thought that was really helpful and I wanted them to know we were thinking of them. 
Um, I think sometimes when someone loses someone, especially a child, I think you're kind of, um, you don't talk about it, you don't want to bring it up, but from when my dad passed, I liked when people would talk to me about it or would say, you know, how are you doing? And want to engage in that conversation because it makes you know that like they really care and also that it's not forgotten about because you're not forgetting it and you want kind of don't want everyone else to feel like it's just a forgotten thing so I definitely um, sent those words of encouragement and even like after the fact I know like when the due date came around I reached out to Taylor and just told her like hey we're thinking of you and you know we're thinking of your family because we know this is a difficult time so instead of just brushing over that we definitely wanted to like acknowledge it and make sure they knew that we were thinking of them so there's a do you want to add anything joe or I just think that you know no matter what we say like there's nothing that we could say that could bring him back and just our, ha, us having a child is you know in our minds always going to be a reminder of their loss yeah, we, that was a difficult thing for us to process, too, is that we didn't want to lose a friendship with Taylor and Logan um, because we didn't want to be a constant reminder to them, even now that we have our child, but even before just even being pregnant, I didn't want them to, like, stop coming around or not visit because of that constant reminder. Right, because now Nash is born a couple weeks ago, and, you know, same same due date. I mean, it's... It, it would have been something you got to do together, um, but, but don't. Um, so, so can, Taylor Logan, can you talk uh, a little bit to your decision uh, to come back to church? Um, because, uh, you know, yeah, you, you put a prayer request on the wall, uh, and so it's not that people aren't aware to some degree, um, but the other ch challenge is you just got to be around community, and you got to you're going to have some people who um, may not know how to respond, may say things that you don't maybe necessarily want to hear, which is hard. And, and I, I know through just experience in, in pastoring that these are these, are these moments when, when we can easily just uh, justify walking away, let alone walking away uh, from a church community and, and walking away from God and just saying this is this is not in the cards for me anymore, and, and, and being very angry about it, uh, and certainly we can understand why, um, but you made the decision to, I mean, not even like we're going to wait a month. I mean, you waited one Sunday, yeah, I mean, and then you were back the, the following Sunday, so can you talk a little bit about why? Yeah, so we didn't come the Sunday immediately following, but we came the next one. Um, my parents came with us. It was Mother's Day, which was already hard for us because nobody expects that they're going to spend their first Mother's Day without their child. Um, but we really enjoyed being back, and we had songs that were played that we really resonated with. Um, one of them was um, Reckless Love, and it refers to one of the Bible verses in which we found the name that we wanted to name our son. Um, it was in the book of Luke, and we decided to name our son Lucas. Um, so that was something that was kind of like maybe a sign from God. I don't know that we were in the right place. We were doing what we were supposed to need, supposed to be doing at that time. Yeah, and then the other thing that we'll always remember, or at least I'll always remember about that Sunday, is there's three people that stand out to me. Two of them are on the stage, but I got a, a big hug from Joe, and I knew that it was very 
challenging time for him as well, and, and that meant the world to me. I got a big hug from Taylor, and I got a big hug from Ian. And I'll always remember those hugs that I got because there's so much support in the room and so much support in our lives that we just knew that this was where that we, we needed to be right now for our, each other and for growing our faith um, ongoing. And you mentioned it earlier, but you, it's easy to ask why. It's easy to maybe question your faith after that. Um, and we definitely went through those phases, um, but then getting back with our church and with our community um, really helped us. And not to like put an obvious plug in for groups or anything, but then <laughs> going through starting point together while we were still having some of those questions, it really just provided us a space where we were able to ask those questions freely because there was a lot of them on our mind. There's why us, why me, why my son? Um, mm. And so being able to turn to faith for that, those questions was, I don't think we'd be able to answer them on ourselves and I don't think we would be able to grow without it. And so we, we quickly recognized that. Yeah, I appreciate, I mean, not, Obviously, the shameless groups plug. Th- thanks, but, but I, I mean, I didn't even think about that in that those terms because Steph and I do the starting point group, and starting point is just a eight week time of of asking questions. I mean, it's kind of led, but but you, I mean, it's a free and open discussion on on any questions, and you guys had questions, and you didn't hold back either. It wasn't like you didn't ask those those tough questions, and and I don't, and I mean, I don't want to speak for you, but I, at least I got the feeling that they. The answers you got were helpful, but it was not like, oh wow, this is all good now. I mean, but it was a, a step. It was, it was a decision you guys had made to engage with the problem uh, and the challenge versus walking away. Um, and 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 that was just it was amazing to see um, and, and to participate in. So, um, so, so you came back, and that was your Sunday. Uh, and you left that Sunday, you said, feeling like that was the right decision. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you left feeling encouraged and supported, um, and that, that, that's awesome. Um, so how'd the relationship look going forward? Because you're, you're back, uh, but you haven't obviously talked about it, and there's kind of, to say the least, a big elephant in the room. Um, what did you do? As, how'd you process through that? What'd you guys do in your relationship? Yeah, I, I kind of let Taylor come to me um, when she was ready, and it just happened to be like a few Sundays later, I feel like, that we had a conversation just after service um, where we talked about um, their loss and what that was like and just, um, you know, kind of just confronted the elephant in the room head on. And I think, and leading up to that, I was really nervous um, for that conversation, um, just because you just don't know what to say again. Um, But kudos to them, too, for just pushing through all that uncomfortability of those conversations and coming back to church, and even, like, our relationship after the fact of, like, they still came over to our house, and they were still, you know, they would talk to us about our pregnancy and engage in those conversations about, like, oh, we want to check out your nursery. What new stuff have you gotten? And so, and even they came to visit Nash even after he was born. So I think even though those things are challenging, like our relationship has even continued. I, it's definitely gotten closer now that we've had those conversations and kind of gone through this. Yeah. Well, because the other thing too is you guys were planning to do a block party together um, in your neighborhood uh, like three weeks after your loss, right? 
And so it's like, what, are, is it going to happen? Are we going to do it? And, and you guys processed through that. And how, how'd that go? Because you guys were going to lead it together. Yeah, it was a really difficult decision for us. Um, personally, I was at a spot where celebrating anything was challenging. Celebrating retirements at work, block parties, really anything that was supposed to make you feel happy. is like, I don't feel like I should be feeling that way right now. Um, and so Taylor was the one who said we should, we should definitely have it. Um, and as we kind of processed that the next two weeks, we just realized that the bigger we can make the group of people around us, even if it's just finding one other person at the block party that we felt comfortable talking with or one other person that would be able to come let our dog out or something like that would be super helpful. And we were at a spot where we wanted to have as, as many opportunities to connect with others as possible. Um, but it was a very difficult decision to make, to say the least, I would say. Were you glad that you did it? Yes. <laughs> At the end of the day? Yeah, were you going to add, Kayla? Yeah, I think, like, Joe and I on our end, too, were, like, reluctant because we just, we were like, oh, do we reach out for that exact reason? Like, they're probably having a hard time, and, you know, do we really want to have this block party and go through all that? Um, and so we were really reluctant to have it. And then I think pushing through and doing it was great because we were able to have conversation even then, like, even after the block party that the four of us could just talk. So it gave us another opportunity to grow a relationship. I was going to say that day ended up being the first time we really detailed our story out to anyone. Okay. And I was talking with Joe and Caitlin after everyone else had left and okay. talking through some of those tough moments. Yeah. Wow. Um, well, I, I just, yeah. I mean, I just appreciate your uh, willingness to engage in, you know, yeah, because you know, people come up to you and they're like, you know, tell us about you. Do you have any kids? And it's like three weeks. I mean, that's a raw, raw question to answer, and how do you answer, and can we talked about it, like, what do we answer? I mean, yes, but no, um, but then to find an opportunity, even in the midst of that celebratory, difficult time to connect relationally and move through that, that, that says a lot. Um, and now this fall, you're going to lead a group together. You're hosting, you're leading the group. Um, yeah, I mean, you're just like, and, and then, it, you know, Caitlin and Joe have Nash, um, and it's kind of a reminder, and you're going to be meeting regularly to go through that. Why? Why? <laughs> it's just like uh, a, a constant, constant reminder in a way. Why have a group then? Yeah, Joe and Caitlin came to us a few weeks ago and asked if we would host a married couples group with them, and we were really quick to say yes. Um, we have hung out with Joe and Caitlin a lot since Nash was born even and before while they were still pregnant. Um, and it's just kind of like our relationship has grown beyond us both being pregnant at the same time and sharing a due date. We're friends and it wasn't ever a question for us whether or not we want to remain friends with them or whether or not we want to host a group with them. When they asked, we were really quick to say yeah. And how, I mean, how would you describe your relationship changing now? I mean, I know, Logan, you mentioned the other night just like sharing with them versus sharing with other people is different. Yeah, so obviously we, we leaned very heavily on our families, um, but one of the things that caught me by surprise is that I've only known Joe and Caitlin going on for a year now, and I felt based off the relationship we had built together, 
I felt more comfortable talking to them about it than I had friends growing up all the way through high school and all the way through college. And just being able to like lean on them for support um, was really, it wasn't something I expected, but it's been a blessing to say the least. Yeah, to talk to the people who have a child where you do not about the child that you do not, but they do. And, and to talk to them and feel the most comfortable talking to them about it than anybody else, it, I, that's just kind of a wow thing to me. I mean, it's just, yeah. Um, and, and from your guys' perspective, I mean, what have you learned and, and how has your relationship changed with them? I just think, like, we're all in life together and, I mean, how could we do this alone? Yeah, like, there's always going to be things that come up in life, like different struggles, um, and it might not always be um, as extreme as child loss, but having those people that you can share that with, I think it really helps. And even just, like, the vulnerability, like, it is really hard, I'm sure, for you guys to share those things with us, and it's really uncomfortable for us to try and, you know, to push through those situations too. But when you can do that, I just think, like, our relationship has grown so much because of it. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you guys for sharing. Um, if you were here last week, uh, one of the verses, I think we'll put it up on the screen too, um, the, kind of the, the key verse that we talked about last week was this one, um, and Jesus giving a command to his disciples, and it's, I mean, it's kind of a big deal uh, for, for Jesus. As Christians, we believe Jesus is the Son of God, and he says, uh, the command that I give you um, is to love one another um, not, not as the world may love, not as TV shows may teach you how to love, but as I have loved you, so you must love one another. And by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples by how you love and um, how you four have made the decision through even the uncomfortable, the challenge of it to say, you know, we're going to love, uh, you know, we're going to show up and, and we are excited for your child and we are excited to see your nursery. Um, at the same time, you are also saying, hey, we are, we are sorry for your loss and, and we love you and we encourage you and support you in, in your time and, and, and the, the path that you're on um, and, and just how those decisions, um, despite the reasons to run away, those decisions to love instead um, have really brought you guys together and I just... I mean, I, yeah, I mean, just have, have um, grown you and, and benefited really our church community because of, of that decision. So I just want to thank you uh, for that. So I appreciate it. And thanks for getting up here because I know it's definitely difficult to, uh, to talk about it. Um, so thanks. Um, if you would, we're going to wrap up. I'm going to pray uh, and, and then we'll continue the service. So if you bow your heads um, with me and um, Heavenly Father, um, Lord, I I, I want to thank you um, for Joe and Caitlin um, and Taylor and Logan for um, their uh, faith, really, because uh, I don't even want to say courage, but their faith, that the trust that they've placed in you, that, um, that, that you love them, uh, that you love um, Lucas, Taylor and Logan's son, uh, as you, well as you love Nash, um, Joe and Caitlin's son, um, and that um, even in their loss, their identity, um, their confidence, their trust in you um, has definitely been challenged, um, but has grown through it, and so I appreciate um, that in them. Uh, and Lord, I just pray uh, for those of us who have um, suffered loss, um, whether it be similar to their story or different, um, and the, the pain and, and the challenge that comes with that, um, Lord, I just 
pray that you um, encourage us, that you give us the strength um, to take the steps forward that we need to heal um, maybe wounds that are, that are years and years deep. Um, and maybe, Lord, um, if that is a good next step for us, that, that you'd encourage us to be in relationship with one another, not just for the sole purpose of, of going through the challenging seasons of our life, but going through the great seasons, um, learning together, growing together, and, and just um, going through life together. Uh, and so my prayer, Lord, is that you would help us to discern our next step. Maybe that's a group. Maybe that's a deeper relationship. Maybe that's a next step in faith with you, Lord, um, to help us uh, navigate life um, together, that we would know that you are with us and we are not alone ever because of your love uh, and that we have a church community um, that, if we so choose, can also be with us to go through the best and the most painful parts of life. Lord, we thank you for your goodness and your love. In your son's name I pray, amen. Again, if you're interested in checking out a group, you can go to our website, infuse.church slash groups, or if you live in a community where we are not in, I'd really encourage you to find a group of friends and get together and have a community group together, because we really do believe that circles are better than rows, and my prayer is that you will discover that and live life together. Thanks so much for joining us for this series.